This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. We're talking about emotional intelligence and UX right now, just taking time to provide high-level views of emotional intelligence. Uh, Last week, we talked about what emotional intelligence is by way of my favorite author on the subject, Adele Lynn. And I mentioned last week, I love her model of emotional intelligence because it's more expansive. Uh, because she takes the time to define things a certain way. And most models of emotional intelligence that you see out there only talk about four things, but she talks about five. And you're going to hear even my expanded model on this before the series is over. But it's just wonderful stuff that, that she shares. And I always say, UX is about much more than just the work. Without emotional intelligence, we really can't thrive in what we do. We really can't can't really obtain the levels of excellence that we need to obtain. And you know what? We can't have the relationships that we need in order to foster the success that we really desire. And as you're going to see today, it's not just about the relationships at work or having the the skill sets needed to govern and foster strong relationships, but it's about the UX community at large too. So last week, again, uh, just to remind everybody a quick recap, Adele Lynn mentioned five things that she mentions as part of emotional intelligence. She mentions self-awareness and self-control, the ability to fully understand oneself, and to use that information to manage emotions productively. Number two, empathy, which is where we're going to spend all of our time today. The ability to understand the perspectives of others. A lot of people, I've heard people in UX circles, and you know, some people, they, they don't like the word. They don't like the concept. But I challenge people, make sure you understand what's being expressed with a definition before you shoot it down, any concept, and it's part of what we're gonna part of what we're gonna uncover here. Number three, social expertness, the ability to build genuine relationships and bonds. See, a lot of people don't build the bonds. Building bonds so you can express caring, concern, and conflict in healthy ways. Yes, even conflict can be healthy if we look at it the right way. Personal influence, number four, the ability to positively lead and inspire others as well as one's self, having that drive. Yes, the ability to drive yourself to do the right thing is a byproduct of emotional intelligence. And then number five in Adele Lynn's model, mastery of purpose and vision at work, the ability to bring authenticity 
to one's life and live out one's intentions and values. So these are the five things that Adele Lynn mentions when she talks about emotional intelligence. And as mentioned, I want to take time today to focus solely on empathy. Again, remember, empathy is, and I love her definition, and if we could look at it, even people who don't like empathy, if you look at it from this perspective, it changes things. The ability to understand the perspectives of others. The, the, I like to define it as the ability to get outside of one's self. And basically, this is where you hear people talk about putting on someone else's shoes. It basically, you're becoming them. I want to see things from your perspective. The ability to get outside of where our mind might be, where our preferences are, to overcome biases. These are the things that are critical when it comes to empathy. And empathy, I do contend, is absolutely real. And and we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And I'm going to say it again. UX is about more than just the work. When we embrace the five factors of emotional intelligence and the other ones that you're going to be hearing about uh, in the coming weeks, we transform things. We transform the way that we do our work. We're able to get through to stakeholders, to clients. We're able to get along better with teams, with with people that we are collaborating with. Because, yeah, I, I say this all the time. UX can be a really, really volatile arena. There are a lot of people, I, I frequently, over the course of my career, come across people that try to tell me how to do my job, but they don't have any knowledge of my job. And for the record, that is an emotional intelligence problem, folks, because you're not seeing things from someone else's perspective and you're not exercising self-awareness. When people do that, they're not exercising self-awareness. It's like walking into the doctor's office and trying to tell the doctor what to do. Going into the, the auto mechanic place and you know that the person is certified. You know that the person is skilled. And you can always suggest something. You can always ask questions. But telling an expert how to do what they do, it's one of the things that creates a lot of problems. It, it creates a lot, of, a lot of friction, and it's not healthy friction. It creates a, a lot of distrust. It brings up challenges. It, 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 it brings about uneasiness. It disrupts peace. That's not a good thing. If somebody's an expert and you know they're an expert, it's, it's actually beneficial to respect them in their expertise. Here's one of the challenges. If somebody is an expert, but you don't believe they're an expert, is that really an issue with you or an issue with them? That's an emotional intelligence issue, folks. And it really behooves us when it comes to team dynamics, just to touch on this for a few moments, it behooves us to understand what other team members bring to the table and to understand what those team members are actually trying to convey and what their responsibilities are and respecting them in that. I've come across a lot of people in my career who get angry when you talk about staying in your own lane they find that to be offensive. They, they think that it's limiting folks. But when, when you really think about it, 
Staying in your own lane, let's use the metaphor of being on the expressway, being on the freeway. You've been on the freeway during rush hour, right? You know why (laughs) there are traffic jams? It's not because there are too many people on the freeway. It's because somebody's not doing the right thing. It's because people are changing lanes without uh, exercising courtesy. It's because people are jumping lanes unexpectedly and people are trying to keep from having an accident. If everybody will get on the freeway and go the same way and move in an orderly fashion, you might move slower because, yeah, there is more traffic down there, but you don't have to come to a complete halt. We don't have to have accidents. We don't have to get disruptive. Even when, and, and let's just look at it again. Look at the metaphor again and say there's, it's not rush hour. And you still have your accidents and you still have strange things that go on. And it's because people don't respect lanes. That's why people end up uh, in, in the fender benders. That's why people end up slamming on their brakes sometime and not having the accident, things of that nature. And you get that big scare. We've all been there. People aren't respecting lanes. I, I, I challenge folks today. If you make sure that you respect the lanes of the other individuals, you'll find that the relationships flow better. You'll find that the engagements are more fruitful because truth be told, everybody wants to be respected for what they bring to the table. And I go as far as saying people need to be respected for what they bring to the table. Anytime you disrespect someone, Anytime any of us disrespect someone and that disrespect was not warranted, if there was nothing that happened that garnered that response, that's going to cause friction. It's going to actually lead to dysfunction and it's going to create issues. This is why I say that emotional intelligence is so critical to UX because these types of things come up. A lot of us experience these challenges when it comes to UX. And I have a challenge for all of you UXers out there. When someone is disrespecting you, try not disrespecting them back. Remember who they are. Remember what they bring to the table. And as we're about to find out, remember, understand, and remember and embrace and respect their needs. They may not respect you in the moment, but respect And fruitful relationships have to start somewhere. And they aren't going to start with two people going at each other's throats. If you will take the time, I've done it over the course of my career, and it plays out. The best case scenario is going to happen if we follow this, this mode of operation. I respect them, whether they respect me or not, whether they give me the time of day or not. I've had people try to tell me how to do my job. I've had people try to tell me, how software is supposed to work, even though I actually help design software. Uh, They design software too. But the thing is, they speak to me as if I haven't. They speak to me as if I don't. I'm in the old Photoshop 5. I'm in Camtasia. I'm in Captivate. These are not examples. These These are actual stories. I'm in my fitness pal. I used to be on the beta team. I worked on these projects. I know what these things are. So when somebody tries to tell you how something works without understanding who you are and what you bring to the table, folks, that is an emotional intelligence faux pas and it creates issues and it damages relationships. And now the things you're trying to accomplish 
as as an operation, as a team, as a professional, it gets it gets derailed. This is why emotional intelligence is so critical. And and, and sometimes us UXers, we have to take the low road, folks. Sometimes we get the bottom of the shoe treatment, but it's important to maintain high levels of emotional intelligence, to embrace excellence in that setting, and, and just be strong. Is it wrong in those cases? Yeah, it is. But you know what? It is what it is. And so just to stress it, emotional intelligence, folks, is, this is why. It's important. You're not going to get anywhere by going toe-to-toe with somebody who's disagreeing with you. It, it simply isn't going to work. So that's it. Let's expound on empathy. This is part of what we want to do today. This is our, our main focal point. And, and so, again, the definition of empathy is the ability to understand the perspectives of others. Now, so what do we need to understand? What, what are the different perspectives? Number one, user needs. That is job one for the user experience professional. We need to understand user needs. And this is one of the reasons that we do research so that we can understand what the needs are. We're trying to form mental models. How do the users think? What do they expect? What do they want to accomplish? What is their normal mode of operation? What are their challenges? What are their pain points? Research is going to help us to confirm these things. Even if we have an idea, Research will help us to optimize our understanding, and then we take that data and it informs the design. We're able to to make sure that we are, are designing in accord with those mental models, and that's how we achieve success. So, yes, we're going to understand the user needs. Number two, business needs. We need to understand the business needs. The user experienced professional that does not understand business needs is going to fall dramatically short and flat out is going to struggle to bring value. Matter of fact, if that person brings value, that's the what we call the blind squirrel phenomenon. The blind squirrel always finds a nut. The The issue of the, the wrong clock or the, the broken clock is right twice a day. Uh, in, in, in essence, it's right twice a day. And actually, it's not right at all because it's not moving, but <laughs> it, it shows the right time. More specifically, it shows the right time twice a day. Somebody can stumble on something that's valuable. As a UX professional, we need to deliberately find these things. We need to deliberately bring value. And so when we interview stakeholders, when we interview clients, when we talk to the 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 product owner, and yes, Product owners on this list as well. We need to understand what the product owner needs are. We need to understand things from their perspective. We need to understand the project manager's perspective. So business perspective, product owner perspective, product manager perspective. We have developers, people who are, if we're working on a digital solution, then you have to understand the developer needs. If you're working on some type of a hardware something that you can physically touch, like a chair or maybe the layout of a room. There's a lot of things that we do from a UX perspective. Then it might there may not be a developer, but there's the equivalent of a developer, an engineer, which is one of the reasons why developers sometimes are called engineers. You have hardware engineers, people that are building things that folks are going to use. We need to understand their perspective. 
See, and some folks want to just focus on the user's perspective. That's not enough, folks. Empathy through emotional intelligence goes through all of these things. The quality analyst. What does the quality analyst need from you as a user experience uh, uh, professional? What is their perspective about the work that's being done? We, through emotional intelligence, we develop relationships so that we can understand these things because unless you did the work before, you're not gonna understand it. And even if you did do the work before, you're not that person that you're working with now. So we still need to labor. This is part of the work. Remember, again, UX is about more than just doing the work. We have to develop relationships with all of these people that I mentioned. Then, when you, you understand the user's needs and perspectives, the business needs and perspectives, product owners, product managers, or project managers, developers, engineers, business analysts. Yes, they have perspectives as well. We need to understand that. Quality analysts, quality assurance analysts, rather. We need to understand their needs and their perspectives. And then, after we've covered all of these different people and other ones I haven't even named here, after we understand all of these perspectives, our work still isn't done. Here's the big one. This is one that's getting missed in a lot of places, even when people try to to nail down all the ones that I just mentioned, what about your team? It is interesting, and I've been observing and interacting with people, with UX teams all over the world for years. I've been on UX teams, multiple teams, over the course of years. I'm glad that I'm well-traveled in the sense that I get to learn a lot. I get to understand perspectives, that a lot of other people don't because they only know what things are like on one or two teams. Your team has needs. Your team members have needs. Your team has perspectives. Your team members have perspectives. You have seniors. You have mid-level folks. You have juniors. You have leaders. Everybody on your team falls into one of these categories and everybody on your team has different perspectives and they have different needs. And now I'm, I'm, I'm bringing a, a difference between needs and perspectives. They are different. Perspectives have to do with how you view things. Needs have to do with something that you really, somebody else has to deposit something into your operation, into your life in order for you to thrive. And a lot of times we like to think that we don't have needs. That's grossly inaccurate. We all have needs and we all have perspectives. And in order to make a UX team thrive, it's critical that that one understand these different needs and perspectives. I heard someone say something fantastic the other day that I think it bears mentioning here. Isn't it great when you have a leader that's empathetic? Isn't it great? You know that that's one of the things that makes a good leader. A good leader, one that is respected by his team members, is one that empathizes with them when they have an issue or a challenge. That leader, the good leader, genuinely engages in empathizing. That's right. It's just amazing to me that some people don't embrace the concept of, of empathy. 
when you empathize, when you understand, hey, you have this challenge, you need to go take care of something with your kids, your, your dog got sick, whatever the case might be, hey, go and take care of it. We got your back. You got anybody to cover you while you're gone? Let me know. Everything's okay. You know, reach out. Let me know. Send me a message. You know, just everybody that you're working with is a human being. And for some reason, there's a disconnect. And sadly, there's a disconnect. There should not be such a disconnect in the UX community. But there is. Because uh, I won't get into that right now. We'll cover that a little bit later, but there shouldn't be because we have to be some of the most empathic people on the planet because of what we do. Healthcare workers need to be empathic. Doctors, nurses, people who are who are leading physical therapy need to be empathic. They need to have a heart for you, need to care about and understand the challenges and, and that other people are facing and the needs that they have. And we get to do that, folks, in our UX work. We get to do that. What tasks are people trying to perform? What challenges are they facing? How critical is it? If they're having problems with a particular experience, that should get under our skin. We want to do something about it. Let's redesign this. Let's make some changes. Let's iterate, <laughs> right? <laughs> So all these things considered, all these different needs, all these different perspectives, I want you to picture a Venn diagram right now. User needs and business needs are the most important of all the things that I, that I mentioned because those are the things that make user experience go as a whole. Everything else is important, but nothing is as important as the users because if you don't meet the user needs, we're all gone. If you don't take care of the business needs, there won't be any profitability. So we need to understand that user needs and business needs are pinnacle. They're at the top of the of this, this dynamic that I'm mentioning right now. Then after that, we need to strive to operate in a synergistic way. We need to find a way where all of these needs and perspectives are all in the same arena and picture a Venn diagram and everything, we need to find the sweet spot. Just like we find the sweet spot in that classic Venn diagram with user needs, business needs, and constraints, we need to understand that there's a Venn diagram with all of the needs and perspectives, and we all overlap at a point. There is a sweet spot that we can find in the midst of all of these things, and when we execute empathy the right way, we will attain that sweet spot. That's how it works. So in order to operate at proper levels of EQ, we need to understand and respect the perspectives that other people have. And as a little bit of a sneak peek of an upcoming segment, because I'm, I'm going to talk about, I talk about EQ red flags when I do my talks on EQ, and I'm going to share it in this series as well. Anytime somebody disavows another person's needs or perspectives, dysfunction ensues. And now, the benefits of EQ have just been forfeited. That is an issue. So also think about it this way as well as we begin to wrap up here. Does this apply to the discipline at large? If you're thinking about that, if that crossed your mind as I was going through all this, yes, it's not just at work where these things come into play. Think about it. Junior UXers, they're getting established. Mid-level folks are expanding their acumen. Seniors, real ones, not just people with the title, real seniors, they're pulling other people up. Everybody has needs and everybody has perspectives. 
when we take the time to understand them, the discipline benefits. The discipline benefits. But when people, uh, somebody was talking to me the other day on LinkedIn about a person who was really being mean to up and coming UXers. That's not mean. No, and the person said, well, yeah. And then, and then they were saying that that, that there's these, all these people with two and three years uh, and they're out there uh, uh, presenting themselves as, as mentors and they shouldn't be doing that. Uh, well, he was actually right about that because <laughs> that is, that, that's a lack of self-awareness when you're, you don't have the experience and you're trying to present yourself as if you have 10 to 15 years of experience, there's a problem there. And until somebody recognizes that, that's an EQ problem as well because there's a lack of self-awareness. You, you simply don't. You simply don't. I don't have the experience that Jacob Nielsen has. I don't have the experience that Alan Cooper has. As, as experienced as I am, and, and I've met both of them, and when, when, when I, I want to hear from them, when I come in contact with them, I, it's not time for me to do a lot of talking. I did get to share the stage once with Alan Cooper, and I was honored and privileged to do that, but I was there to hear him. I just had, I, matter of fact, I expressed my, my honor and, pre, and appreciation for him. But we, we need to, to be honest about who we are today, and we need to be honest. This is part of EQ about who other people are and that everybody has perspectives and everybody has needs. And when we take the time to understand them, we're truly operating in empathy. When we don't, we foster dysfunction, we foster mistrust, and then the relationships go awry and then we sacrifice, we forfeit the benefits of EQ. We should all want that today. Folks, I will finish that story about the situation. I'm going to talk about some scenarios and what EQ will do for us in different scenarios. So I didn't finish talking about the story with the with the uh, the guy that was talking about the mentor situations and such. I will share that or save it, I should say, for another time. But we're going to wrap up here. Uh, that's all the time we have for today, folks. So this is Darren Hood, the host of the World of UX, signing off. Happy UXing, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.